1: Listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive, and I am joined by the returning. Uh, the not bitter, the, the placid, and thankful for having someone like Rance as a friend in his life. Ricky, Ricky, welcome back to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. It's
0: good to be back. Thank you for found in, Rance. You've done a splendid job. Uh, how,
1: how's things going with Tolly have you started working on any, any ideas yet
0: we have actually um, the podcast um, is due to be released never um, so yeah there we go there was a, a one and done as we mentioned last week with Tolly couldn't even make it <laughs> yep and then I, I left after like 30 seconds
1: it was a joyous 30 seconds But we've got you for the
0: evening. I like to think so.
1: That's what she said. Uh, We've got you for the whole evening tonight, so the listeners are blessed with your your audio, audio presence, as it were. Well, I don't
0: know if blessed is the right word, but you got us back together. The band is back together.
1: I'm very happy to see and hear you. I'm happy to be back.
0: Good. It's been a long, like seven or eight weeks, I think.
1: It has indeed. So, this week, ladies and gents, it's been a while, we've done a couple of listener questions this year, but probably through the the promise or the tease that Ricky will actually be back this week, we got an absolute influx of questions from Twitter. Uh, your typical wrestling questions, WWE, New Japan, AEW, and the likes, but there's quite a quite a an eclectic mix of questions tonight, so I'm going to leave it in the capable hands of the the question holder himself, Ricky, to pause at the questions, and we'll have a good chin wag, give you some give your listeners some some chucks and yucks to see you through your day, and maybe some insight as well.
0: Yep. Um, right. So let me just get on to Twitter. Right, the first one. The first one is, I like this question from Calf actually. Uh, Calf underscore 67. How's life, how's life, Ricky, and how's life, Clive? Uh, Life is is what it is at the moment. It's neither up, it's up and down, but, you know, we're all kind of in the same boat, kind of get on with things. It sucks at times, and, yeah, could be better, but, we are alive, healthy-ish. Kind of. Yourself, Clive?
1: Yep, kind of. Well, I want to thank Cath for that question. That, uh, that is nice of you to ask that. And it's no secret, I mean, everyone's had shit, a shit storm of a year and a half um, for many reasons, whether COVID or otherwise. Still in, the, still in the midst of that now and again. Not too much, but things are going well. Plodding along with uh, I made spaghetti bolognese for dinner tonight and apparently I'm really good at it so if you want my recipe for this big ball, give me a shout and I'll let you know how it's done uh, Excellent Yep, so I'm quite pleased with the feedback I got for the, the spaghetti bolognese, so thanks you Kath How about uh, you?
0: Uh, well, if only they would allow American and Canadian married couples to be with one another, I think she would be doing a lot better than she is
1: I- things are well now for them but that was a shitty time still is for some
0: yep ah uh, right okay so I will just start from like the top <coughs> right, here we go this is from 5 nerds go so there's three questions here so they're all some are missing really, some are not 5 nerds go what thing would you most like to deep fry that hasn't already been done it hasn't already been in Scotland after someone did a call in a caterpillar cake. <sighs> I didn't realise someone deep fried a call in oh, col- a Cater- Colin the caterpillar cake. Did I. Uh, for our non UK people, calling a caterpillar cake is a Marks and Spencer's cake, which is fantastic. Um, and if you didn't know already, up here in Scotland we deep fry batter, whatever you want to call it, just about fucking anything. Not true. Mars Bars, Snickers, sorry?
1: I've never seen them, never seen one in my life. A
0: uh, Colony Cow for a cook. No, uh, a deep fried
1: anything other than what you usually get in a chip shop.
0: Oh really? Like Mars Bars, Snickers? I've never. All sorts, deep fried pizza? A deep fried pizza,
1: yes, I've seen. Uh, see, I would probably say like a black pudding, but they do black pudding, deep fried already
0: i'm not sure i'm not maybe a square sausage <sighs> that would be interesting
1: a lawn a lawn square sausage that would be my choice i think that would be quite the treat i bet
0: you that's already been done
1: that'll be good for if you've just come out of a a good swimming session in the morning with your pals or family and it's like i you know half eleven quarter to 12 during the day so right it's past breakfast and it's nearly lunch so I'll have a square sausage
0: supper <laughs> or a, a deep fried potato scotted egg
1: I wonder wh- how a deep fried egg would turn out because it would be encased, it would that... work quite well I think
0: uh, I don't know if it would work surely the yolk would break as you like batter it and then try to scoop up, no, maybe it wouldn't could be interesting.
1: Need open you up. might
0: need to try that. <laughs> uh, right, this is rather random. What would you rather fight, a Freddo or a jelly snake if they were real?
1: <laughs> fight? Yes. <laughs> um, well, probably a Freddo because the jelly snakes would just tangle around your wrist and...
0: True, like. and if the, if the Fredo's made of chocolate, then you could just turn the heat up and melt it.
1: Uh-huh. Throw, <laughs> throw, uh Throw fists of fire.
0: That's it, just turn the temperature up in the house. Uh, right, last one from here. What is, what's the best preparation of potatoes?
1: Fr- deep fried. <laughs> <laughs> deep fried. That's just a fritter, isn't it? Uh, well, it's funny, we were talking about baked potatoes a, a couple of months ago, were we not?
0: I think so, but are we where we were.
1: That's we a tough question, because they come in many joyous forms. Do you know, chips, french fries, is that too much of a cop-out answer?
0: <laughs> Probably. I don't think you can beat the good old-fashioned roast potato.
1: Oh, or a potato croquette.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, right, moving on. This comes from Murray, muzzer underscore 44. Three questions. How do you fancy our chances at the Euros? And just to tie in the second one, it says, first ever time watching Scotland a major tournament. What was your first time and what do you remember from it? Eh uh, How do we find your chance? I think we can go with the group. I think that Croatia game is huge and it's gonna be the last game. Um if we beat Czech Republic I think it sets it up nicely mm-hmm. for that Croatia game because I think basically the winner goes through in that that because I expect England to win all three games. Um Probably But I no, I definitely fancy your chances to get through the group. Uh, I think I think it's a decent it's a decent team. Um I think there's some quality all over the place. Um defensively, I think they're pretty decent. I like on midfield. Um in first time watching Squannom Major 2 what was the first time? I think the first time was probably Euro ninety six. Yep. Um and obviously it's a Gaza goal. you probably remember more than anything. But I would probably put I would mostly. France like 98 sticks out that little bit more because obviously we were a little bit older I think I was in primary seven at that point point. Um, and I remember watching Brazil versus Scotland in the first uh, I think it was the first game It was um, the first game and Tom Boyd scored yeah. goal the prick Yep so those were probably my early memories but like I say I'm, I'm looking forward to Euros I'm looking forward to seeing what, what, what we're going to do
1: I'm not too. I mean this is literally uncharted territory for a generation of Scotland fans and players. There is going to be some people in that team who weren't alive when Scotland were last in the World Cup or the Euros. So, from that side of things, it is uncharted territory. They've just been pretty dogged in their affairs so far. I can't see, I can't see anything flashy. I can't see any upsets. If they do get through, it will be with tight, tightly squeezed one 0 victories here and there. I don't see it being a Like, sort of exuberant display or anything? No, but I think we know
0: that anyway. I know. You know, it's not going to be flashy.
1: I was in France with the school during World Cup 98, so Mm -hmm. that's where France was. So it was World Cup fever, which was good. Yep. Uh, But my earliest memory was, like yourself, Euro 96, and the one that sticks out the most is, it might have been the Switzerland game, where it was all over for Scotland already. So it was basically just an exhibition. And I went out to the ice cream van for a family to get some cones and whatnot. You know, your, your individual fags and 10 people. Yep. Um, the good days. And then I heard people shout from a nearby house. So I sprinted back to the house and saw that Ali McCoy scored a wonder goal. Oh, I remember that. So that's not, a, not exactly the earliest memory of Euro 96, but the only decent one. And, and that Yuri Geller uh, claimed to bend the ball. When Gary McAllister took a penalty against England,
0: mm-hmm. bastard! Yeah, I remember that. That's... and then they went up the other end and scored. I think
1: they did. That was that was Gascoigne's goal.
0: Yep. Um, right, so Murray's final question is a wrestling-related one, um, and he asks, "What do we think of Andrade's debut in AEW, and what type of dream matches uh, do we look forward to?" I felt the debut was kind of flat. I'm not going to lie to you. I really didn't think... I don't know if it was handled well or whatnot, but I just felt it was really, really flat. Really flat. Um, I don't have an issue with pairing them with Vicky, because he does need a mouthpiece. and um, I mean, she can get heat. Like She's great on the mic. I think in an ideal world, they would have wanted Zelina Vega as well to pair up with him. Um, overall, I felt it was flat, but moving forward it's just gonna be so good to like to watch some of his matches. Um uh, really forward to he's obviously facing Omega. Um I can't remember exactly but it's coming up soon. Um Dream matches. Oh I'm will try and stay away from like the obvious ones. Um I would really like to see him against uh, the bastard pack.
1: Oh my word.
0: I would I'd really like to see that um, like I say the obvious ones obviously what you see the likes of Omega, Mox etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but Pac comes to mind straight away if I'm honest
1: that's a very good shout I didn't see the the debut I do question the having him with Vicky because yes he needs a mouthpiece yes he'll heat but what what happened with her and Nyla Rose that just fizzled out very, very quickly. So, do they hold stock in Vicky as a manager? And if not, why pair him with a very, very good signing? I don't
0: know. I like Vicky. Oh,
1: don't get me wrong. Vicky's great. Just, I'm not... Sh- they don't They don't match well. They're not a good match together. If I'm being That's honest.
0: why I think they're banking on Zelina Vega. Uh,
1: I think it's a great acquisition for AEW because... Yes, you've got a lot of luchadors and very highly highly skilled wrestlers, but with skill with those those high risk spots there's been an awful lot of injuries, an awful lot of botches Uh, I don't think Andrade is botched material I think Andrade is very very technically sound, hardly ever makes a mistake, and I think he could, as a result of that, if AEW is all about the work rate, then I can fire him right into the main event spot instantly because I, his matches were with Omega they've got the AAA title uh, I'd just fire him into the main event scene instantly he's a big big get for AEW
0: I wouldn't do it instantly because I feel like they've brought in some high profile people only to have them lose like their first significant match or feud not enough. a fan of that That's a good point um, but like I say, as a guy is just as close to his perfection as you can get and knowing. I'd agree. So and the fact that we don't have to go out our way to try and watch him on a weekly basis as well, which is nice. So yeah, um it's an awesome signing. Um and while we're on the AEW and training Drady the like, XWWE thing, I just wanna say like people take too much stock into XWw wwe guys signing with um, in, uh, AEW. I think I saw something like 40% of AEW's roster is made of XWw wwe guys but if you went through to WWE's roster like, you would say about 35-40% are probably made up of like either a combination of Impact or Ring of Honor for instance. Um, so it's just that kind of stuff is just like enough. But I think and another thing you need to remember it, it wasn't Tony Khan that made the statement that we're not going to just sign a W W WWE guy unless I'm mistaken it was Jericho well, you know
1: so certain individuals in AEW need to they need to have a wee chat before they start saying things off the cuff like that
0: well that, that's it but I, I don't take much talking into a lot of things that people say anyway because you're like do you know what like a day later such circumstances may change uh-huh. you can turn around and say we're not signing any of the XWW guys but what if Roman Reigns walks out tomorrow and, and is a free agent you are not going to go out and get him and vice versa you know, somebody like Omega walks out of
1: AEW, like, you don't think WWE are going to be banging on his door. See, I see it differently with it. Yes, AEW have signed a lot of ex-WWE guys, and I do find other faults with AEW that I don't understand why they're not picked up on more, but with the ex-WWE talent, WWE have had so many wrestlers under their Umbrella, like it's only natural that any of the any of those let go are going to be in other companies. Like they've had, think of the ratio for these wrestlers compared to other companies. It's huge. Like at one point you were talking two hundred active wrestlers in their rosters combined. Mm -hmm. So no wonder, no shit, Sherlock, that you're going to have extra WWE guys in AEW. So the comment from Jericho didn't help matters, of course. But this, these things happen. It happens. Uh, wrestlers are let go. They still want to wrestle. They're a big enough name within the IWC, which AEW is a market towards. It makes perfect sense. Some of the ones are a bit strange. The likes of Big Show and Mark Henry. Like surely they're in their winding down years. But with regards to all the names coming in, not much of an issue. It's just a, a growing when it comes to the slagging off WWE stick. Stick. mm
0: mm-hmm. Um right, okay, okay. Let's move on. Um next question comes from the one and only it's Ray Cash. Just Rance. A, just the one from Rance. Um I think there's a couple in here actually. Um What's your take on the Alexis slash Shayner storyline on Raw? and your take on horror
1: and wrestling in general Clive? Right The Alexa Bliss story this thing going on is not for me just because it's an offshoot from Bray Wyatt get well soon Bray and it's just I like it when wrestlers go into deep stories and all that it's just one that I'm not enjoying and I think with regards to horror within wrestling it's a fine line And I think it worked better way back when, Uh, when, when, especially when kayfabe was a big deal. But I think now too many fourth walls are being broken down for it to pay off. Uh, If if there's a tongue-in-cheek element to it, such as the... I can't remember what the actual match was, but it was like some sort of haunted house match between Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes, and there were zombies in there. And it worked well, because it was all pre-recorded. It was one of those um, cinematic numbers. And it was fine. It it did what it was intended to do. But when it's mixed in with real things, <laughs> it's not for me. That's not to say what the women involved are doing isn't good. Like, I genuinely don't understand how Alexa Bliss is still with WWE and not in acting. She's surely been going to get called up at some point. But with regards to Shayna and Alexa... If you're paired with Alexa Bliss currently Vince and manage other higher management clearly value Alexa Bliss If she's not in the title picture she is a, an attraction uh, YouTube views are off the charts any pairings that she's had it's, it seems like it's worked well in terms of her staying on screen so if Shana stays on screen I'm all for it because I was more annoyed with Shana not being on screen roundabouts Money in the Bank time last year Yes, Shayna's the badass from NXT And I miss her terribly, I really do But I think it's just one of those instances Where Vince is testing Shana as much as possible Right, I'm going to throw all this shit at you And see what sticks And if Shayna can pull it off One day down the line Vince will see all that hard work that Shayna's put in And say, right, there we go We're going to put in the title picture Happens all the time he's gone
0: um
1: I hate it <laughs> I mean I, I have no issues if you hate it like I get it um but I don't I don't worry for Shana's position within the company if
0: that makes I sense. don't worry for for either but in terms of just relevant to the question um, in terms of storyline in horror in general that kind of stuff I hate <laughs> I think when you look at someone like, say, uh, people are going to say, I'm just being, uh, I'm standing for him, and are marking out for him, but I think if you look at someone like cult leader Bray Wyatt, that was never a horror type thing. You know, that was just a creepy southerner in the woods and I've got a cult. Um, the Taker thing, things like, you look at it now, you're like, oh, God, that looks terrible, that was cringe. But it's kind of who he is and how he's been that entire time. So you're kind of like, right, well, well, we get it. I think if I was, so let's say, 25 years younger or something, I would be all on board and be like, oh, my God, that's so scary. Like, what the hell, you know? Mm-hmm. So I can maybe admit that it's not targeted for people like me and you. But just that kind of stuff in general, like, nah, doesn't do it for me. Um, like, could you imagine someone like Papa Shango nowadays coming down with the, the, you know, holding out, like, the skull and suddenly someone's, like, is that what happened with I'm kind of like, oh my God, suddenly, you know, they lose a limb like we used to do. Okay, um, the boogeyman? <laughs> yeah, so like I say, it's just not for me. Just not for me personally.
1: I'd rather, I'd obviously rather I'll be honest, I thought uh, Shayna and Nia is pairing them as a tag team, I was actually rather invested in the whole women's tag team division for a good couple of months before and after WrestleMania, thanks to my uptake of Smackdown viewing and I thought the women's tag team division was swimming along nicely lots of contenders, lots of clearly laid out, fleshed out tag teams Uh I had no problems with it, even with Reginald coming in and um, sowing the seed seeds of dissension within tag teams. No problem with it at all, and I thought it was quite a nice dynamic between Shana and Nia Jax. So to see that, and then see the the Alexa Bliss Lily carry on, not my cup of tea. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not a regular viewer of Raw at the moment, anyway. So it's it's not something I'm going to shout to the rooftops about.
0: Yep, <clears throat> I haven't watched Raw in a long time. Same here. Same. Other other than catching bits that might interest me. Uh moving on. Got a question here from at PC Tunney Who have we all, who have you got for Euro twenty twenty? Okay, and he's got a hashtag Germany. Um difficult to see past the French
1: mm-hmm.
0: that front three of Mbappe Benzema Griezmann Benzema is, the, Benzema is the, um, it's the game changer right there I think he takes them from being in my opinion like I would say favourites to it would be pretty stunning if France don't win it now type thing um and then I think if you look at defensively, like so Varane, of Varan, Lucas Hernandez, um Kempembe in there as well, uh and then mid the midfield, um Kante, Pogba, Toliso, maybe Rabio like Pogba and Cante and Cante Pogba and, and Kante together, like that's just That's just phenomenal. You're not going to do much better than that. French. The French, although I'm not going to rule out Portugal, um, that front four, in a sense of front six, well, front four of Portugal, Ronaldo, Jota, Silva, Bruno Fernandes all started tonight. Neves started, you got Diaz in centre-back, Cancelo, Cancelo, potentially right-back. Um, Patricio and goal so Porto are in with a real shout and I think England will go very far I, I think England will reach a final actually
1: well I'm always a big fan of the German squad they're a very industrious machine and I especially under um, George from Love their way of playing is exactly the kind of football that I like to see just driving forward it's like it's the equivalent of watching a rugby team play football if they could play football, if that makes sense. Just always driving forward, always together. So they're a very industrious machine. But France, when on form, are a very well-oiled machine. They're very slick, but industrious, and I think that gives them the edge. However, eh, keep an eye out for the Belgians. I'm just going to say that every, every international tournament, keep an eye out for the Belgians. Because a few years ago they had a really good youth set-up and I think it's just a matter of time before they all reach their prime and shock some people. You heard it here first.
0: Yeah, um, I think the Italians are a kind of sleeper team. I think they're always a, type, a sleeper type team but um, you know, it's difficult that it says. The Dutch, unfortunately, don't have Van Dyke, don't have Van de Beek so that's a big blow for them but... Yeah. It's just so difficult to see past um, the French. I think just looking at the tables, you're looking at, well, England will play, um, I think, who did England play potentially in the quarters? Sorry. um, They're in Group C, aren't they, England? Are we in in C or D? What are we in again? Oh,
1: the number, the group numbers, I couldn't tell you. (laughs)
0: But anyway, I see that I expect if I'm going with French novel D. I'm going with the French. Um Definitely going with the French.
1: Sacre Blur, Nicky, okay, Sacre bleu.
0: No, that's it. Um I'm just looking at the right now, actually. So the group winner of D will face the winner up in F. So we have potentially for England. We could be looking at say England versus either Sweden, Poland or Slovakia. Like I said, I expect them to go through quite comfortable there. Um, so, yep. Uh, yeah, I'm going with French, going with French.
1: You should put a bet
0: on. I can't imagine it odds will be that great group E winner. So after that see it could be England and Spain after. But actually I think England England reach final and I think it could be England and France.
1: Back to the 15 hundreds we go.
0: Yep. Um, Barry, no. I'm not gonna read your question out, but the answer is no to that. I'll I'll read your question out. <laughs> uh,
1: well I've not got to open right now. Basically <laughs> is uh, going through a difficult time in his making time and he's wondering if he should start faking orgasms No, you shouldn't Barry, what you should do is head on over to Bluetooth.com They'll help you out, they'll help you sustain a, a strong, robust yet flexible erection so even if you're not uh, able to reach that final furlong, you'll have a, a damn good time trying to reach that anyway Don't fake orgasms uh, there's there's the hashtag. That's that's the hashtag that I want to get trending this week. Don't fake orgasms. <laughs> it just ends in, it just ends in guilt, on all
0: sides. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Rance asks another question. Um, at it's Ray Cash, and he asks: Is wrestling better off with or without crowds, and why? Hmm. That are both.
1: Yes, I was thinking that.
0: I think I've enjoyed watching a lot of the matches without fans. But then when you saw the fans at AEW and then WrestleMania as well, you know, you're kind of like, oh, it's amazing. And same with football in a sense as well. When you saw the fans, you're like, oh, I've actually forgot what it's like now. And you kind of forget how good it can be at times. Um maybe even if they'd done ...fans that just pay-per-views only? I,
1: I don't
0: know. Yeah. Or the way um, I don't think there's a... ...a definitive mm. right answer there... Um, ...for myself, if I'm honest.
1: You're, you're right, I agree with you. There isn't a definitive answer... ...because, yes... ...especially things like NXT TakeOvers... ...where... ...like, it's a very smart, heavy crowd... ...and they'll eat up anything you do... ...and it works really well for them... Um. Or (coughs) WrestleMania or Summer Slams, which is the sort of the cool kids' WrestleMania, where you get the matches that you want and all that. So from a wrestling, from a sort of pomp and circumstance side of things, I would say you do need a crowd. It's better with a crowd, especially for specific moments. But it's a very hard ask to say that some wrestlers have not benefited and increased their their own character stock greatly during the the silent, the silent arena era or the sort of sound studio era. Talked about it last week. Roman Reigns, the tribal chief stuff. When that started, that would not be where it is today if we didn't, if we weren't able to hear that quiet, menacing dialogue between uh, that he directed at Jey Uso in that first match, defending the Universal Title, uh, and everything that led on from that. We would not have got that if we had a cut. Yeah. So I'm always. Always thankful for that because like genuinely this is one of the best worlds like main event title runs I've seen in all maybe ever, I don't know. That's that's a lot of that's a hot take, maybe not, but it's very superlative in my opinion. Uh you wouldn't have seen the the greatness of Bailey's descent into utter madness over the last wee while uh Sami Zayn's descent into madness with all the the shouting and the barking Uh, Asuka in the sort of springtime, summertime Nikki Cross in the springtime, summertime a lot of these wrestlers thrived without a fan, without any fan in attendance so it's really hard I mean, the Dexter Loomis thing during the springtime last year not even any fans at ringside if it was extras or trainees, the, the whole Dexter Loomis gimmick worked really well with nobody there at all it just added to the sort of claustrophobic silence he brings to everything so it's a really hard question to answer definitively but yep. it's a good talking point and it's one of those ones you could say who works best without
0: yep uh, right moving on got quite a few more to get through this comes from the one and only Tolly himself at Rain Counter. WWE brings back the Hardcore title who are you picking as your first badge of challengers to establish the division
1: a tough question because
0: it is because I wouldn't bring the title back
1: no it's because there's a 24-7 title just now
0: yeah well I say that's scrapped right but I wouldn't bring it back because I think it'd be such a diluted version of what the original actually was aye it would be like, you know. these fucking uh, for but... obvious reasons I'm not saying I want to see people like being ripped from limb from limb and you know taking headshots and all that but it just wouldn't be it wouldn't feel that hardcore in a sense I think just no I wouldn't but to answer it um, I'm just trying to think who would fit the bill Hmm. and I don't want to give it to just people who are like oh well they've got nothing to do I kind of want some of them to fit the bill
1: well Rance had maybe jokingly (sighs) said Drew Gulak now his big gimmick in 205 Live was that it was a no fly zone he was very dead set against leaving the the ropes uh, leaving the mat but mm-hmm. it was also something he did in combat zone wrestling where he was a big deal in CZW but it was it was like a no hardcore zone so if he was involved in it I think that would be interesting like him somehow becoming the hardcore champion but not not taking kindly <laughs> to hardcore rules
0: yeah ref- uh, refusing to use weapons and stuff Aye, comedic relief it uh, could, could work could work
1: see to be honest like if you want to take the hardcore title seriously, I would say that would ha- have a good home in AEW. Mm. Uh, you've got a lot of there's been a, quite a few lights out matches in its infancy, a lot of street fights and just you know death matches in general. When you include them all, I think there's a good home if if it was ever to happen for AEW to have something like an, a hardcore title where you've got these death matches and stuff. Um... Have someone a big name like Moxley to be the centrepiece of that, and it's, yeah. it's got an audience there. Like, people do dig these hardcore matches,
0: definitely. that'd be actually a good session. Um, moving on, this come one comes from the boss, um, Mr. Jeremy Donovan at Jeremy L. Donovan, one half of keeping it strong style. Any thoughts on Shingles title win? I mean, that will be more so directed at me, I guess. Well, and I then wills. says, speaking of titles, when will there be a defence of the quiz time championship? It's been way longer than 60 days. And then, I I am Caleb B. Chimes in and says, I agree, Jeremy. I have a question. Why is the RNC contingency protecting the young boy? Listen,
1: first of all, Caleb, your shoulder and... Into these championship contentions more than Charlotte Flair, so just simmer down, pal. Okay.
0: To be fair, I think I've had several conversations with him saying, "Yep, you will get you on for a title shot." But there's a one-on-one rematch, and we'll look at it. There is, there is, there is. We'll get there eventually soon. Um, thoughts on Shingo's title win? Uh, right. If you want a definitive breakdown of the entire show, go. Please go listen to Keeping It Strong style. Of course. Uh, I think they had was it Chris Samson Samson this week. I think I've not. I've yet to listen to it. it's just, it's just kind of been chaotic for me this week. Um, i have not listening to any podcast this week. Um,
1: they're only come out on Wednesday mornings for us now, though, so understandable.
0: What the keeping it strong style? Mm-hmm. No, it, it's out. I saw it popping up on my my um, my notifications.
1: Um, Aye, ah, like still Wednesday morning, sixteen hours ago. Yeah.
0: So you should. Have oh, sorry. I it thought now. I thought it was Tuesday for a second there. Ah, right. Because um, right. I was who Tuesday. Um, thoughts on Shingo's title win. Um Obviously, like it says, if you want that definitive breakdown, go listen to those guys. I uh, I think only watched New Japan for a couple of years now. It felt almost kind of like Kofi's title win in the sense that it was like this is kind of different you know because really you could probably name the same four or five guys that you know you expect to be in those spots to win the titles and I think a lot of people thought well we'll just go, we'll probably just going with the normal standard safe safe's not the right word go for Canada. Um So, I would have to say it felt like when Kofi won it, even though I felt, even though we thought Kofi was going to win it, but it was different, it was new, it's not something we'd seen before. For a, like if, if it was, it was for a while a real shock title win that everyone was, like, on board with. I haven't saw any negative thoughts on this from, this is on Twitter or anything, and I'll, and I'll be interested to hear what the keeping it strong so guy says. Um so that would be my opinion on it. Um and on top of that, um, he's already had like a pretty pretty damn decent six months or five months or what you want to say. Um he's had matches with Okada and Osprey um, there was a Tanahashi match, and there's one that's skipping my mind, and he was on the damn card. Oh my god, he was on. He was just on the card. Oh, Jeff Cobb. Mm-hmm. By the way, I fucking love Jeff Cobb. Well,
1: he, he introduces everyone to the show every week.
0: Yes, absolutely love him. Um, I said I was really looking forward to that match. I was. I was a match I was most, most excited about. Um, having a and, and obviously, um, at the end of it, Shingo. Obviously, you know, it looks like we're going with we're going with Shingo and a as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, Jeff Cobb, beast. Um, but yeah, it it just felt different. Shingo, when it, you know, like yeah. I, I like that. I like. No matter what it is, I like just sometimes if they just deviate from what we think they're going to do or the norm um, and just give us something completely different. But in this instance, like I said, it seemed to be like a universally well-liked decision.
1: That's that's what I was going to say because I've not got much to add. I've not seen Dominion, but I have not seen one negative critique of Shingle winning the title. Uh, no. It's been met with a lot of love. And I just want to give another shout out to Jeremy Donovan himself. This was two days ago on his Twitter. Uh, You've been talking about Shingo being top-notch just last wee while. I know it's not advised to talk about Wrestler of the Year until after G1 is done, but Shingo has put together one heck of a resume so far. He's had Match of the Year-caliber matches with Cobb, Tanahashi, twice with Osprey and twice with Okada again. uh, Jeremy has a hard time seeing anyone surpass him. And as far as I'm concerned, Jeremy Donovan is like a—he's a new Japan expert. He knows every detail, all the ins and outs. I mean, they do a podcast about it weekly. One of the best new Japan podcasts out there, probably the best. One of the most informative, anyway. Uh, I would very much hold Jeremy's opinion. I would give weight to his opinion. So I think it's—it seems like a very happy decision all round to have Shingo as the champ.
0: Mhm. That's that's what I'm saying. So just no, no um, no one complain about it. Mhm. is that very rare. kind of yeah, very very rare. Um, right. Moving on. Let me get back onto Twitter. This comes from Sai Powell at SGP Words. Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. You can only keep one film series.
1: Oh, what was it? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, yep. That's a, a no-brainer from me. That is the Nightmare on Elm
0: Street series. Yeah, I would agree. I'm not. I'm not a huge Halloween. No, neither am I. No. Uh, uh, no, I don't like think... this guy just casually walks and yet no one seems to be out sprinting him
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's that suspension of disbelief <laughs> that there's just that one thing that I can't get by with these horror slasher flicks is when they're walking and they still catch up with them uh, I've never been a huge Halloween fan I know Barry the the one who's having a bad love life apparently right now <laughs> uh, he's, he's obsessed with <laughs> Halloween it's not matter. Maybe
0: that's what's affecting his
1: love life. i he's too busy trying to picture Michael Myers when he's at that sweet
0: spot. <laughs> yep. Uh,
1: but if you got rid of the series of Nightmare on Elm Street, you would get rid of the third, uh, third instalment, which was all these victims to date had, were in a mental home and they were all trying to stay awake for like the whole film. And at the end of the day, if you've got a bad guy who gets you in your dreams, you are fucked. Yep, uh, Freddy Krueger. He gets, he gets, doesn't get a lot of praise these days, and I think that's unfair. C- Freddy Krueger's a fucking excellent baddie, horror baddie.
0: Do you remember um, Candyman? Yes,
1: I've, I wasn't a big fan of the uh, original, but I really want to see the remake or reboot,
0: whatever they're doing. Mhm. Hey, right, moving on. Got a Sam here. A Sam here. A question here from (laughs) Sir Sam, Sam, which I want to keep as the last question because I I, I really like it, actually. Okay. Um, Moving on, we've got two questions here from one and only Dr. Smalls, a.k.a. Kyle Moores. Um, What cool things are both your kids into right now? And the second question is, he says, and for a wrestling question, where should Buddy Murphy go next and what would you do with him if you ran a federation? Hmm. Hey, what are the kids into? Um, eldest is absolutely obsessed with football at the moment, obsessed. Right.
1: Um,
0: and the younger one is just, just a maniac. In fact, he he likes football as well, actually. he, he so He's always a goalkeeper now. Um, but he's overly dramatic as soon as the ball touches his legs because he broke his leg a while ago. Touches his leg, and he decides my leg's broken again and hobbles away, <laughs> only to be seen running at 100 miles an hour, trying to steal some sweets from somewhere.
1: It sounds like that fucking... What's that Brazilian player's name? We wee asshole. Neymar. Neymar. <laughs> you knew who I was talking
0: about. <laughs> sounds like him. <sighs> uh, and the second question, what would you do with Buddy Murphy? I wouldn't mind seeing it. I would have liked to see him you know, in a G1. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, I think he ends up in AEW though. though. Um, I think he's... Wherever he's going to go going to watch him, definitely, I think he's just that damn good, and I think WWE, I, I really say WWE dropped the ball on people, because I think that's just overused, but I think they did badly here, because he's just, he's phenomenal in the ring, Aye. he really, really is, and I get a lot of people say, well, you know, Guy can't speak, no, I get it, but, you know, his wrestling stands out above a lot of people's, Aye. so, yeah, I could see him I hope he doesn't go to places like no offense, but I don't want him going to like Impact or um NWA or anything. Um yep. I think he could find himself a nice home AEW, but like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the G one or in the Super Juniors Super Juniors. Um so yeah, like I said, let's hope he doesn't um and and some promotion, it's difficult to... It doesn't suit him. Um, yep, exactly.
1: Yeah, out of those releases last week, Buddy Murphy was the one that hurt the most. I didn't have much in the way of joy during his um, Blake and Murphy run in NXT. I thought it was decent enough, but the this was around the time when I was doing the columns for 205 Live on WrestlingHeadlines.com. Like, I followed Buddy Murphy as a singles act from the beginning. Put in some absolute bangers with Kalisto, of all people. Uh, I'll never forget his series, and especially his. Uh, I don't Staff know. What, Ali. I, I don't even know what it was. It was a hardcore match or a no f- no DQ match or something. But uh, basically, it ended up being a stairs match with Mustafa Ali, and that was just a, an absolute work of art. Yeah, uh,
0: I think, and I know people might laugh at this, right? But i mean like, whatever, it doesn't mean anything, but. He's without. He's like on that. He's Mount Rushmore with two hundred five. Like oh, when you used oh, to talk about two hundred five and how great it was. Like I think straight away three people come to mind, and it's Neville slash Pack Alley and Buddy Murphy. I
1: would say those three and G- Gulak, uh, Gulak for different reasons, but those three for their work rate. Um. So Buddy Murphy getting canned was that was a sore one personally. Uh, I've always enjoyed Buddy Murphy uh, but and it's, I hate saying it but he's just not got anything else going for him apart from beast wrestling so with that in mind I think the best place for him would be New Japan because if he was to do a thing like a G1 he could just turn up, wrestle put out bangers against a plethora of opponents like all of them basically Um if he didn't win much in the G1, he would certainly win the hearts of people watching. It's close to his home, so there's not much in the way of travel. There's enough gaijins there for him to sort of feel... not safe, that's not the word. Like, feel... Comfortable. Comfortable, not alone. Uh, and definitely could... Like, with the New Japan press conferences, they're allowed to swear and curse however they want. He's a, he's a gobby Australian. It'll suit him down to a tea. So I would say New Japan's the best place for Buddy Murphy to go. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would do with him, just the same, just the same as what we saw in Two Hundred Five Live, just put out banger matches. Not even caring about like promo. Just fucking. If he needs a, if he needs a mic, um, someone on the mic for him. Fine, but just it was a joy to watch, and it's sad to see him go, especially when he was so prominent and present with Seth Rollins for so long. So shout right out <laughs> to Buddy Murphy, especially.
0: Yeah, to see him in either the G1 or Best of Super Juniors would be awesome. Uh, you know, like, just from a pure wrestling perspective, but just because you briefly touched on it, um, talking about the releases from last week, to me, the biggest stunner was Braun.
1: That's a very bizarre one.
0: Uh That to me, and I don't know if it was in our WhatsApp group or it was in the Social Reflex Messenger group. Someone basically says that you get the impression if he he doesn't wrestle for WWE, he's not wrestling again. You know, so I just thought he was a proper WWE guy for life and would never be going anywhere because whatever you want to say about him, he's always going to be that, like, um, in a sense, what Big Show was, just like this spectacle and like. Well, he'll get a title shot from now and then because he's so big and, you know, freaky. So but that that, that was that was the biggest stunner out of them all for That's, me. That was bizarre. Um
1: To to answer Kyle's other question, my eldest they are they only recently stopped watching Prison Break and they're watching it again. <laughs> 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 uh, so that tells you what's going on with my eldest my middle Wentworth Miller. Wentworth Miller, aye, my my middle, um they've recently been, not recently it was, it was last year but they have a lot of friends out in our neighbourhood area so she's out a lot um, she doesn't really stick to one hobby she's watching telly, I watch some Yu-Gi-Oh with her play cards with her play games with her but she's always just got her, her hand in many pies, the young one he watches some god awful channels on YouTube uh, like the gamers that play games and muck about with the the game's engines and stuff uh, so, he's just YouTube channel daft. The the other youngest, we've actually introduced a, a cat to the family who's sleeping beside me just now. So far, he has um, made my wrist look like I've been having a chat with Freddy Krueger, uh, slept on my head, and almost pulled down curtains and stuff. So, four months. Get rid of it. He's a rescue cat. It's one of those ones I was just dropping out to the family there. You know what I mean, Ricky? Terrible. It's one of those ones I'll end up being a cat oh. person in a week or two. But... Brownie points. Right, exactly. Brownie points.
0: Uh, right. right. Moving on. This one comes from Calf's other half, Jan the Man. Um, and he is at Jan the Sequel. What's your favourite snack? This is is very easy Go on
1: A salt and vinegar packet of crisps Or chips
0: See I like ready salted Or tomato ketchup crisps as well
1: Tomato ketchup (laughs) I I understand Like whenever I have a packet I think Oh do you know what that was lovely
0: Speaking of crisps I've not had a long ass fucking time Flaming hot monster munch Neither have I Right but my favourite type of snack Hmm. I do like grapes Right Um. And currently I'm obsessed with Laffy Taffy's. <laughs> I ordered two boxes From Amazon like A couple of months ago And, I, and I, I came out I was in a shop earlier on And I noticed them And I bought like 20 of them
1: Do you know what's really nice actually I've changed Well I'll always revert back to a packet of salt and vinegar crisps And when you're talking about the best biscuit, look no further than an Empire biscuit. But recently, uh, I've been having like we we sort of kid-sized bowls of blocks of extra mature cheddar. So like I cut the cheddar up into the size of dice, like small dice, a dozen or so, and then a a handful of salted cashews. Mm -hmm. The salt. Goes onto the extra mature cheddar cheese, and you've got that slight texture crunch with a cashew, Ricky. Delightful.
0: Interesting. You know what I actually like as well right now, and the the Foxy's biscuits, There's Foxy's jam and cream.
1: The classics. Uh,
0: no, not the classics, but it's just it's sort of what is it's same. Like a vanilla cream with a raspberry jam right in the middle. That sounds that, sounds that a, a, a bit biscuit like a either side.
1: Viennese Whirl, kind of. Uh
0: yeah, uh, it kind of looks like it, but it's not. Mm. Same, same colour, maybe a little bit like a cane, sort of same concept.
1: So, uh, food, ladies and janitors, uh, cheddar of your choice, cut into the shape and size of dice, along with the an equal amount of cashews. Delicious, salted cashews, of course.
0: I do like Greek yoghurt with grapes, some dark chocolate and some nuts in it. Oh, sounds lovely. A lovely. <laughs> so, our next question comes from the one and only Mags at Father Mags. Oh,
1: Magsington. Mr. Mags.
0: With all the political turmoil, the only one from the last couple of weeks that, you know, I'm still on good terms with. (laughs) (laughs) With all the political turmoil, constant environmental crisis, the population is fractured as ever and seemingly no light at the end of the tunnel. What's your favourite cut of steak?
1: That's directed at me, I believe.
0: That's an easy, quite easy answer, but go on.
1: Well, listen, I have tried every variation I've tried medium rare well done and I've even tried just good old fashioned frying steaks I've tried mags with a frying steak and steak is just disgusting like full stop it's one of the worst meats out there sometimes I'm listening to other podcasts and they're saying oh no this is how you do a steak this is how you do a steak do you know what you do with a steak? You fling it in the bin and shoot the bin.
0: That's what you do. <laughs> no. A medium rare steak. Um, I do like the ribeye, but I would have to go with, without a doubt um, a medium rare rump steak. And I believe I think is the rump not the the backside. It is. Now if you know Ricky <laughs> Ricky Oh yes <laughs> I am an ass man and this is where Caleb would have his billy gun thing and we should have we should have had a play in the background. If you know me it should come as no surprise to you that my favourite steak is the favourite part of the meat is from the ass cannot beat the rump I actually had some rump steak the other week fantastic
1: I just maybe I've just not maybe I haven't had it right I tried it like we had frying steaks and it was my suggestion we do a food plan like a week ahead so we can sort out the, <laughs> shopping, the shopping list and my wife, um, she cooked it extra for me because I think I thought to myself, I can only handle well done. And it felt like I was chewing a bike saddle.
0: That's because you had it well done.
1: So maybe I'll have it one more chance, one more. I don't know when, I don't know where, but I'll have one more attempt at a steak and then one week I'm going to just like, put out a video on Twitter destroying mags specifically for this question <laughs> love you mags
0: hey the good man asked another question what's your favorite hidden gems on netflix have you got any um, I, I i like i like queen of the south on netflix right um i don't know if you ever see a it, Saw it or heard of it uh,
1: i've I've seen adverts. I think there's actually adverts on the illegal NXT stream that I've got. <laughs> oh, is there?
0: Aye. I I actually liked um, Queen of the South, and I don't know many people have actually watched it. Um, I'm trying to think what else there is on Netflix that I watched that was like it was pretty decent. Um, I mean, you can you can give your answers if you wish, but I'm just trying to think.
1: Well, I actually had. I had I saw this question the other night and I suggested it to my wife because we usually watch our telly together. So, I've got a few here. Uh, Hush, which is a oh, kind of a horror but more of a suspense film where there's a, a deaf woman lives on her own and it's a home invasion film. Fucking top-notch stuff. Like, really d- dread. In the true sense of the word, a dreadful film. Uh, <coughs> Bates Motel. Right. the early days of Norman Bates very good uh, there's a film with Kiefer Sutherland and Dustin Hoffman called Flashback on Netflix where Kiefer Sutherland is like an FBI babysitter for Dustin Hoffman who has been taken out of jail and he's like a an extreme hippie guy so hijinks travelling the states very good fun Uh a couple of Stephen King adaptations with Gerald's Game in 1922. They're very good. And lastly is a series called Orphan Black where there's a woman.
0: Uh, yes.
1: Have you seen Orphan Black, Ricky?
0: Mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw a few episodes.
1: It, it went down very well in this house. Same actress. Plays lots of different clones of one person. Sci-fi heavy. Uh Funny in parts, serious in others, wacky in others. But overall I I write good romp and I do recommend Orphan Black. if anything, for the superb acting skills of the actress who plays all those clones roles. So Orphan Black is my main shout from all that. And Hush.
0: Um I don't know if you ever saw Money Heist. If it's I think it's either I think it was Portuguese. I'm sure it was Portuguese. Um I don't know if it was in Portugal or maybe it was Brazilian. Obviously, um, was it, it was the Portuguese language. i uh, if see if you can get past the whole they're not speaking in English, but you've got you've got it translated in English, but it's ah, yes. kind of thing if you can get past that. It's actually alright. Um there's a film and I can't remember the name of it for a life me, but it's got Pierce Brosnan and Jackie Chan in it. Jackie Chan's daughter dies in a in a bombing. Um I just can't remember the name of it. It's
1: pretty decent,
0: if I'm honest. Right. Um, I heard Don't Fuck With Cats is supposed to be decent as well.
1: I, I'll be saying that from now on. That's true,
0: actually.
1: By the way, uh, see, as a in- very quick aside, you know, how, you know how some members of my family, they have names very close to wrestlers' names. Mm-hmm. Well, this cat, it was already his name before it, the, the, the shelter... This was his name beforehand, but it's Dexter. So, Dexter <laughs> Loomis. <laughs> uh, I've got an architect, I've got a giant redwood, and I've got Dexter Loomis in the house.
0: Um, I will say, I don't know if you watched it, but Shits Creek, I thought was just absolutely hilarious. Uh, Eugene Levy and his son were in it. Which was, well. I thought it was so funny. Is that that?
1: S-H-A-S-C-H-I-T-T-I? Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and the final one I'm trying to f- bloody remember the name of it But it was a guy Who basically Stalked his girlfriend And like Ended up became like a pure psycho And I think ended up killing her and stuff And then moved on to his next victim Oh what is your name Is it you Might be you uh, Thought that I we you decent. talking about this actually Yep you're uh, um, So there's a few Right, we have uh, another one from Clive, sorry Clive, from (laughs) Rance, so he's got, for Clive, what's your favourite 90s sitcom and why, and for Ricky, what's your off-season Super Bowl pick, can't pick Philly, fuck, I wouldn't pick them anyway, (laughs) on you go Clive. (laughs)
1: Well, you left out a key component there, and there is a reason for that. Rance's question was, what's your favourite black 90s sitcom?
0: Oh, I thought I said black.
1: No, no. And again, Rance hasn't uh, narrowed it down. It was teen black sitcom, because over in the UK, there was a channel called Trouble. The Trouble Channel. Hmm? Like your usual sort of kids' TV shows, like Heartbreak High. Shout out to Sam and any other Australian listeners. Heartbreak High is... What Dawson's Creek wanted to be, but failed at miserably. Uh, um, Trouble TV had, you know, Hangtime, City Guys, Moesha. Uh, I know that Nickelodeon had Keenan and Kale and Sister Sister. Uh, meet the Parkers, In the House. God, honestly, I was... In the House? You remember In the House? With oh, my God.
0: Oh, That was fantastic.
1: Yep. Uh, uh, in the house with LL Cool J, hanging with Mr. Cooper, uh, the Steve Harvey Show, oh, which was uh, Family Feuds very own Steve Harvey, who was a saxophonist, stroke music teacher in a high school. Mm. Like it's very, very hard to pick an absolute favourite because, uh, in my teens, absolutely loved coming home to watch all that stuff.
0: Kenan and Kell's right up there. The I I childhood I... memories as uh, sister, sister. I've got one you never mentioned. What? Everybody hates Chris. I never. I don't I've know if that was nineties or not that. though.
1: I think that was actually later on on Channel Five over here, one of the the main channels. But I never. I thought I, I liked that. The wife watched that and she thought it was good. Uh, but in terms of teen black sitcoms, I think I have to go for Kenan and Kell. Have to. But, but just the genre in general. It's absolutely wonderful. Love it. Fresh Prince as well.
0: Fresh Prince, yep. Fresh
1: Prince is up there as well.
0: Ah, right, so... Super Bowl pick. Everyone says Tampa, but I'm not sure.
1: Well, go for...
0: Denver. See if Denver got Rodgers. I think it's... I think it's them alright here we go if if I think I think if no major injuries take place I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys well
1: if uh, Sean Waltman was playing and they ended up in the finals against Denver then the other team would win because of the Bronco Buster. <laughs>
0: oh Christ! Just, we should end the show on that. No, that You're, was great. You should be impressed. That I know <laughs> that they're called the Denver Broncos. I know. I thought I said the Denver Broncos though. Oh, that's great. So those are my picks. This, and you like this question? Um, from rain counter. Tolly again, favourite penny sweet? Oh, what, a, what
1: a question. And I think that's very much for the UK audience. I'm not sure if Americans, Australians, they had the phenomenon that was you go into a, a 10p packet, mi-
0: a 10p a, mix.
1: It's like you go into a, your local news agents or your grocers, uh, your convenience store. And behind the counter, they had small sweets, like candy, foam candies and stuff like that. And it was an absolute highlight of the childhood. There's no doubt about it. I've got two contenders for my favourite penny sweet. It's either mm-hmm. the shrimp okay, or the rhubarb and custard thing.
0: Oh, no. Right, so I think cola bottle, right, straight away. Everyone loves cola bottle, right? I don't like the pink and blue one. Um, now, uh, he's talking midget from experience gems. here because
1: Ricky, Ricky's worked in a, a shop.
0: My dad owned a shop and I worked in I grew up basically in a shop, in a corner yep. shop. Worked, uh, so, in against. between while being attacked either with knives or being racially abused, I would have my face and penny sweets. <laughs> um, Just those three? Yes, that's all I've ever took place. <laughs> Um this is so difficult. Do you remember no, I think it was cherry flavor. I don't know if it was cherry I can't remember but they had a little bit of sugar on it, and they were white with like a pink wee top on it. The tip of it was pink. I can't remember the name of these. See that again I think it so it was it was like ninety percent of it was white. And then at the top, it was just like a little pink, touch of pink, and it was covered in sugar.
1: Do you mean the things that when you ate them, they t- dissolved instantly?
0: No. <sighs> what are they? I don't know what these are called. Uh, Campinos. Kind of like, like kind of like these. I'll send you it right. Send yeah. you the photo and you tell me. they we were younger. they were shaped slightly different. I said, "I would send you it right now on WhatsApp."
1: So it's not Campinos. No. Is the photo coming in?
0: Yep, it's coming to
1: you right now. And well, they're they're called the strawberry tarts. Uh, I can't remember seeing them in the Penny Sweet jar. Oh
0: really? I like. Do you remember the green and yellow turtles as well? Uh-huh. Liked, uh huh. I like them. Fried eggs. That's it. That's the one I was getting to. It that is the favourite fried eggs.
1: I I can't hate on that answer, uh, but shrimp for
0: anyone not from the UK, they didn't actually taste like eggs. Aye, it's just it's like
1: small foam candy
0: that Um... you can
1: literally like. If you end up buying like the newspaper for the house or bread and milk, and it says ninety-seven pence, you can say to the (laughs) shop three penny sweets. sweets, Aye, (laughs) they were the days. They were the days. (laughs) oh Uh, but thanks to inflation, a fried egg probably costs a pound fifty these days. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Fuck the Tories. Uh, oh, definitely. That's a great, oh, fantastic penny question. Penny sweets, but
0: they're just—they're not made the same now. Mm-hmm.
1: They're just
0: not. um and you
1: get—I think sometimes you see them at the tills. Those, those wee um, cherry things that you get these days. I'm um, partial to a wee cherry. I can't remember what they're called.
0: I know what you're talking about. Just to be cherries
1: the size mm-hmm. of like a £2 coin or something. I'm, try- I'm trying to think of
0: what else was was. A like um, wee
1: foam banana as well. They were good actually. Do you know what I'm a fan of? A lot of the shops, newsagents and grocers and stuff have those stands that have a packet of sweets for 39 pence or three for a pound. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. They, they are so good. You know, you can buy a packet of cola bottles, a packet of fried eggs, a packet of uh, jelly babies, a pound, mash them all together, and you've got yourself a fucking great Friday night. I
0: agree. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that i possibly missed. Um, no, I think I got the ones I liked. Did you know there's these... Um, Dolphin shape, uh, not pence, we saw so like 10 or 15 pence, and they're like turquoisey um, coloured, and they are fantastic. No, I've not heard of these. Oh, they're great. But I think I'm, I'm going with the fried egg.
1: It's a it's popular choice, that one.
0: That definitely was a staple of your childhood. Fried eggs. <laughs> sweet. No, I think that's it for me, actually. Okay. What a question. Uh, it was. Uh, right, we have two more. Do you want to answer this final one? Because I have no idea who this person is.
1: Ask the question because I want to address this.
0: (laughs) No likes, no nothing. We don't know who in the next person. How badly has the women's evolution ruined wrestling?
1: Yeah, uh, I saw that one and I didn't like it. I usually like the questions just to acknowledge that we've got it. Um, I can't remember who they are, this person. Look at the last, literally, the last two episodes we just did. Where we did a deep dive on the four horsewomen, we share no common ground with your question, I'm afraid.
0: So I'm looking for it. He answers. Someone says, "I watch a Dakota Kai versus Ember Moon match the same way I watch any wrestling match. That's two wrestlers. I'm totally indifferent to." He replies, saying, "I find and fast forwarding every second of women's wrestling on WWE TV these days, even NXT. Why?" Well, pal, I think you might just be a bit sexist.
1: Uh, just, just a tad. Um,
0: and and clearly, you are a fucking moron. I, uh, keep that, and I'm not taking it out guys. It's just an absolute fucking idiot.
1: You can the, the main roster booking for the women is as always divisive. Um, but personally, I think the NXT like the NXT stuff's great. There's layered stuff going on. It's not just the NXT women's title. Versus X You've got the women's tag team I think that's been a great thing Adding the women's tag team titles in um, It's given a lot of them a chance to shine Look at Indy Hartwell She's having a time of her life Well Not from a KP point of view um, Her and Dexter They'll get together one day But the the tag team women's scene in NXT Is doing wonderful uh, You've even got undercard stuff With the likes of Xia Mercedes Martinez Like it's it was actually the first column I wrote as part of the brand extension series as NXT's Women, women of War mm. like they've they've got a sturdy, sturdy history of having the best women wrestlers in the business and I think it continues today
0: yeah I, I, don't, I don't get the question at all it makes yes. no sense you probably um, right, here we go final question the, of the
1: show there is one more I believe it's from Bang Bang Podcast oh, I need to see that it was a, oh. another
0: xenophobic uh, one who sang the theme tune to Supergran well uh, is that the one you were asking I, yeah, right. I think this up.
1: comes from a let's slag people because they Scottish thing uh, <coughs> now I, I'm a big fan of the Bang Bang Podcast enjoy your hiatus after episode 50 which was an absolute riot But that's clearly a, you guys are Scottish, let's just slag you off with some Supergran. But you'll be surprised to know that according to IMDB, eh, the series music for Supergran was an Anthony Isaac, Dudley Simpson, Phil Coulter, and a certain Billy Connolly was involved in the music for Supergran. So, um, put that in your stout and drink it. Bang Bang Podcast.
0: Cannot fucking wait to beat you's next week. (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh the rage the sort of rage was right there
0: oh no we're going to get humped
1: no it will be a pure 1-0 number
0: it will be it will be be close it will be close but uh, I'd love to I'd love to beat them
1: the Imp asked that last questions podcast episode and I said it's probably going to be 1-0 or something
0: he did he he didn't even say what do you think the score will be I think pretty certain he goes how many goals do you think we're going to beat you by pretty much telling you,
1: telling you. Um, if you look up victimised in the dictionary, it's just a Scotland flag. Fucking deep fried food, uh, super gran and shite football. Oh,
0: come on, Scotland, don't let us down. We well, can't let us down, we have no expectation.
1: There was another question from Rans, actually.
0: What
1: was there? I missed it. Uh, what, it was the Pride Month one.
0: All oh, right. right, okay. So we've got two more. With it being Pride Month, what are some of your favourite LGBTQ moments? Can be in wrestling or just in general?
1: It's um, uh, a tough one because, let's be honest, it's not really celebrated as much as it could be in the wrestling world. So I'm going to be super recent with this and suggest that uh, I first saw him... Or her, or however you want to say it, as Exolicious in Lucha Underground, more commonly now known as Sonny Kiss. I think Sonny Kiss being apologetically, uh, unapologetically himself, his first appearance in AEW, I believe, was with cheerleaders and all that. Um, so I would say, in terms of wrestling, Sonny Kiss is a, a positive with regards to the LGBT community. Okay, he might not appear that often and that's one of those things that can go down a different road, but he's on dark enough, he's on dark elevation. Uh, So, Sonny Kiss being front and centre in AEW in several ways I think is a very good thing. Nyla Rose as well. Uh, So, I think in terms of diversity, in terms of the LGBTQ side of things, AEW are doing not too shabby in that front. Mm.
0: Um, I suppose Obama made reference to them, to them, to the LGBTQ community in 2014, 15, I think in one of his um, State of the Union addresses, um, which I believe at the time was the first time that something like that has ever happened. Um, but you nailed it when it comes to wrestling, but see, not in to non wrestling, um, for me, Um, like a favourite moment was probably and you know you probably know where I'm going to go with this as soon as I mention the person's name uh, when I first met Kyle Mm -hmm. not going to lie to you Um, to me just if you're asking me personally um, first ever person um, gay um, man I could say that's a real good friend of mine and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would definitely put that down as a, as a, as a, as a favourite moment. That's a great answer. Shout out to Kyle Moores. Does Literally it, can't find a better person.
1: Eh, uh, that's true. And he's a teacher, which is a high... <laughs>
0: exactly. It's not even a high-pressure job. It's a high-risk job in America.
1: Like, super mm. high-risk. You fucking hear about shootings over there all the time. So, eh... Uh, Whenever you see Kyle Moores pop up on your, t- your TL, give him a like. Definitely. I'm sorry, we've got one, we've actually got I think two more questions. Who, oh, what have we missed now? Uh, a certain suede137 has a, a question.
0: I know, but I thought that was just a piss from from him, so I intentionally ignored it. Oh. <laughs> What's your favourite sticker album? Well, as Barry says, a good panini one back in the day. Aye. Scottish Premier League one, you'd take stickers what? into school, you would trade your doublers you know haggle with
1: each other I don't know if sticker albums were a thing in America Australia Um, I think they were more just card oriented Uh, but sticker albums you know you'd get your Scottish Premiership um, SPFL or SPL or however it was called back then you'd get your album a couple of months into the season once all the transfers had been done Uh, and you'd have all these empty rectangles in your your magazine. I did have a WWF one and I'm sure I had about 40 Texas Tornado Chinese doublers.
0: Yeah, I think I had But I had the WWE
1: one as well. It had to be the Scottish Football Premier League every year. Yep. Loved it. Loved it.
0: They were good days. Right, now this is actually the last question. From Australia's own Sir Sam. What is your favorite year of wrestling and why?
1: Do you have an answer?
0: Um yes. Go for it. 2016 is up there. Okay. Um but I would say 2007. I think Kurt Angle was in TNA or Impact at the time, and I think he pretty much held just about every single title. Um, I think that was also the year of uh, Batista and Taker had like a real good feud as well, but mainly and Backlash and stuff. Um, they had the Last Man Standing match as well. Um, yeah, 2007. I said I thought the stuff Impact. That was Impact is absolute like greatest. <laughs> During that little period. But mm-hmm. I would go with um, 2007, I may say. I, I could go... You know, you could go, like, some point in the 90s and stuff if you wanted, but, you know, I know, um, for instance, people will always tell you, like, the real boom of wrestling was generally, like, mid-80s to the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Well... You know, we were on the in eighty-seven and eighty-six, so you know I can't turn around and give that as an answer. You know, yep. I, I've I've i changed it slightly. It's uh, Sam's question, just to be like my favorite year of what, like when I was watching it you know, unfold, kind of thing. Uh huh. So I th- I may
1: go two
0: thousand and seven. Right. Well,
1: it's interesting you say twenty sixteen because it's. That was a very good year. Um, I think it was enough. Twenty sixteen was super to the point that you and I decided to do a podcast about it. I think <laughs> being engulfed in the the internet wrestling community, uh, which was admittedly less toxic at that time, uh, that was did a lot in make me enjoy wrestling within the mid of the 2010s NXT NXT's 2018 was fucking ridiculous but just that start of NXT getting a bit more serious with their stadium shows and stuff like that, 2016 was a super year but like instantly and Barry has been mentioned a few times in the show 2005 was absolutely ridiculous Uh, I'll remember it for a long long time Mm Mhm. Uh, so many highlights over the years you had the Cut Angle Shawn Michaels rivalry you had the Batista Triple H rivalry and the Batista be- basically becoming a big deal at the time before I soured on him uh, John Cena John Cena vanquishing the, the ever horrendous JBL uh, yeah. that was great Th- this was the sort of time where Cut Angle was just becoming that wrestling machine it's just, it was a big year for Kurt Angle it was a massive year for Edge yes, 2016, uh, sorry 2006 saw Edge begin to get the world title have his classic match with Mick Foley at uh, WrestleMania uh, the classic rivalry with John Cena but it all started in 2005 when his career catapulted from solid, very very solid mid slash tag team specialist into a big deal with the money in the bank, because as well the money in the bank was brand new then it was fresh. It was a new concept. It, yep. me- it meant so much more than it does today, where it literally is just a prop. Uh, Edge suited that suitcase, that briefcase, so well, and as as fate would have it, the carry on with Matt Hardy. It was just a pivot, an absolutely pivotal year for Edge. Two thousand and five was and. I think as well Undertaker uh, you'd mentioned talking about Undertaker earlier and it came up in a group chat the other night about who's the best version of the Undertaker I would say Undertaker from the late, 20s, late 2000s is my favourite um, where there, there is the supernatural element to it but he's there to get his, his MMA gloves on and get some action on the go that was my favourite so 2005 with the Randy Orton Undertaker stuff as well just so many classic rivalries over those 12 months. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a year I hold very fondly in my heart. Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio as well. Just many, many top-notch <laughs> rivalries. Top-notch matches. Uh, look up and down those pay-per-views, you were guaranteed an absolute screamer. Even random ones like Big Show and Kurt Angle and JBL. At the Royal Rumble for the WWE title was a fucking screamer of a match. Um obviously the Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels Wrestlemania match a monster of a match The Triple H Batista, Hell in a Cell Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio ladder match the Hell in a Cell between Randy Orton and Undertaker, just so, so many fond memories Um, I wouldn't say they were my formative years but it was a time where I'd not long turned 18 and there was a lot of, let's say experimenting going on (coughs) in terms of recreation, so lots of fun times (laughs) uh, and I associate those fun times with wrestling so 2005 by a long stretch the good old week days I don't know what you're talking about mate Uh, the Zoot hmm.
0: days yep just cannot beat that I think last point for me would be like I think you kind of forget just when you think about it the mid thousands in that general 3-4 year period was actually really good like I just whenever I whenever I used to think about it I used to always just think about oh Super Cena just destroying everyone but if you get past that and you start to look into it a bit more deeply you're like do you know what there's a lot of good stuff happening at that time oh, an awful lot yeah. I know that was your favourite um the ruthless,
1: ruthless aggression, aggression. Yeah. although I've, 2000 what a year that was Especially if you just isolate the pay-per-views, like the two WWF's pay-per-views in 2000, they just they were all unbelievable. Like there was all something to talk about. So you get the Street Fight at Royal Rumble, the Hell in a Cell at No Way Out, the TLC at WrestleMania, Rock and Triple H with Austin coming back at Backlash, the the uh, Iron Man match at Judgment Day. Undertaker coming back as uh, American Badass, Mm -hmm. King of the Ring, uh, Kurt Angle making a name for himself, and that epic moment. I know that you were a fan of Undertaker chokeslamming Shane McMahon off the top turnbuckle through the commentary table, (laughs) fully loaded with Triple H and Jericho, an absolute beautiful uh, last man standing match, then SummerSlam, another TLC into the equation, the 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 whole Edge and Christian Dudley's uh, Hardy's stuff going on to the autumn fall season Survivor series as well in Armageddon with the infamous six way on the cell match 2000's pay-per-views were top notch yep
0: well and that brings us to the end yep. of uh, the questions
1: and I don't actually have a quiz sorted
0: uh, I'm content because I thought it would be a relatively long-ish
1: episode anyway We've done well Uh, We've answered all the questions Even ones that we weren't fans of as well But with that in mind With one of the questions we got And with us not doing a quiz Shall we work behind the scenes On getting the rematch sorted Between young boy Josh Smith And Raymond Cash himself, Rance Morris
0: We either go straight rematch or we go fatal four-way. I I think it's only fair
1: that we go for a rematch and then do a fatal four-way. That's fine. Uh, Because somewhere down the line, and I'm serious, we need to do an Elimination Chamber formatted quiz.
0: I like that. And like I said before, I think we were on with keeping a strong style. If when someone's eliminated, they get removed from the call. <laughs> <laughs>
1: or, you know, to be nice. When someone's eliminated, we can use their questions.
0: But then, is you think of questions like on the spot? No,
1: they'd have them in the bank. Either that, or they would get fucking chucked off the call.
0: I know, but I can tell you right now, Caleb wouldn't prepare for it because he he he's winning the fucking thing and he knows it. And I also think Josh wouldn't, because Josh Josh would back himself. I think Rance and Jeremy would be um, very efficient and would do it, but would also back themselves. But I think Caleb especially would be like, fuck that. The arrogance would come through. Despite what he says, he's going to win that shit. I'm telling you right now.
1: (laughs) But I think a straight-on one-on-one rematch. In terms of the Booker's integrity, we have to honour that.
0: That's fine. That's
1: when, not a problem. When it comes to Caleb, yes, he's got some memory on him, but he's more concerned with um, shredding those lbs right now. Uh, his mind will be
0: elsewhere. No, uh, it's not. It's not because he still talks about it to this day. Like about getting his rematch.
1: What what rematch? Who do you think you are, Charlotte? Floyd?
0: No, sorry, his title shot. Aye, exactly. Funny, funny Caleb story. <laughs> oh. Caleb texted me uh, last week, and it just sums Caleb up. And he was like, I um, just wanted to check in on you. I felt like I've not spoken to you in a while. Um, what's been going on? And I think I hadn't actually spoke to me in about a week. Um, and, he was like, and I replied back saying, oh, good. In fact, do you know what? I haven't spoken in a while. It was like, we should set up a, a call for later on whenever you're free.'" To which Caleb replied basically saying, no, fuck that.
1: <laughs> 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 so you, you have regular, like, basic phone calls with their American friends
0: um, I don't know I mean I've not I've not had a phone call with some of them in a while I think the last time I had a phone call might have been with France a few weeks back um, but I speak to Kyle now and then on the phone call as well um, text Rob and Kyle privately um, speak to Caleb I was actually Caleb phoned me I think it was best probably about six, seven, eight weeks ago he phoned me as well. I think it was in his car when he was driving. I was on the phone to Caleb for about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not one for phone calls. In general. I've not spoke to Josh in a while, like me Josh would actually reach out and call each other as well on no, Messenger, one um, we'll to stuff.
1: Need to phone the champ soon anyway, but I'm not one for social phone calls. Yeah. Uh, my social life is what like my social life is WhatsApp, and I'm happy with that. Uh, yes, I do a lot of phone calls at work, so. Apart, like, See, I'm
0: not opposite. opposite. I'd rather just phone someone to speak to someone for 10 15 minutes rather than dragging a fucking
1: conversation out all day long. Fuck that social interaction, man. That would freak me <laughs> out. Kill you. I, it's a small talk. I, I can't go small talk. Like when you're in a barber's, it's like, are you working? Are you working during the week? Are you going anywhere on holiday? Nice weather. No, I really what you mean. I cannot stand that shit.
0: Oh you just getting your hair cut? Uh,
1: what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> oh,
0: right. Right. It's people... been good. I'll leave a plug to you though, obviously. Yep.
1: Uh this has been the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the social suplex wrestling podcast network. <laughs> Where you can find other, <laughs> other shows such as um, One oh. Nation Radio, keeping it strong for grown men. Watch this shit, Great Match Generator, Eight Bit Suplex Podcast, Grave Consequences, and All Things Elite. Um, Give us a five star review on the podcast app of your choice, or Podcast Catcher, or even Apple Podcasts. dot com if you can. Nice review, and if you even leave a review, I don't know. I, uh, I've, I've had a love-hate relationship with Apple but maybe we can read out people's reviews on the show if they leave them um, you can head over to socialsuplex.com where you can get those podcasts you can also get columns and you can get them sent directly to your email inbox if you press the subscribe button on the show notes you will see hyperlinks to our pro wrestling teas page where we've got some t-shirts from the, the, the chaps involved our logos and whatnot. Uh, there's also a page where you can donate and uh, if people want my spaghetti bolognese recipe, it costs you a fiver up front. So send a fiver into the donation page. <laughs> He's, Vicky's uh, <laughs> laughing away there, uh, and I'll send you the thing. Tell you honestly, if I make twenty pounds, twenty sterling, the greatest of British pounds, I will give you a, a standalone stand-up podcast with wrestling jokes. It will happen if there's twenty pounds in there. <laughs> Uh, and, and uh, folks
0: if you want if you, if you since Clive's given out recipes and stuff I can give out recipes as well if you want um, but if you want just photos of myself I'll also charge you £5 a photo and send it to you are
1: these over and above your uh, Facebook?
0: F- yes absolutely these will be taken specially.
1: so these will be even more fap worthy than your Facebook posts <laughs> will be more what? fap worthy Oh. <laughs> horrible you are not horrible (laughs) Uh, where was I so donate donate to the network in general Uh, we're over at the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group and we're at Ricky and Clive on Twitter shout out to very big thanks to 99% of the people who gave us questions this week made for an interesting show I do thoroughly enjoy these listener questions episodes it's always a A smorgasbord of content. It's good to see and chat some shite as well. So, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for taking part. And thank you very much, Ricky, for um, returning.
0: Finally, come back.
1: Aye, basically. (laughs) Uh, uh, No more sort of run ins and then disappearing. It's good to have you back. Genuinely. No more. No
0: more. The Brock Lesnar schedule is over now.
1: Aye, it's it's mainly a season for Ricky. He's going to come back for a few weeks until it. it's the next Ramadan. That's it. That was racist, wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> right, ladies and gents, enjoy in your house. Uh, oh, I six-man tag winner takes all with the North American title and the uh, tag team titles. That's my pick of match for the night because let me tell you, Legado de Fantasma tag team matches are fucking fire. Good night Mm -hmm. and Allah bless you all. Take care, folks. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see see you next time.